There you are. D- did you call? Oh, you called back. Okay. I did. Sorry, I uh, my, one of my neighbors just started their music, and I wasn't sure if it was. I was just seeing where it was coming from to see how loud, how annoying that should be. Are terrible. Well, we have terrible soundproofing, but she just, I don't know, it's just in her car. It's not actually that loud. It's just, there's bass in it. There's no freaking insulation yeah. in this house. Yeah. Like, no sound insulation. It's horrible. It's a piece of shit. Terrible. <laughs> um, How you doing? Uh, yeah. Bleh. So, listen. Hey. <laughs> Good. Hey. How, how are you doing, Paul? <laughs> listen to me. The Trump uh, chapter one is hilarious. Oh, thank you. It's I thought hilarious. you were going to go like, listen to me, we're fighting, but... Um... No, 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 no. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but we'll fight. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll disagree about something someday. It's just that we're both so incredibly smart that it's hard for us not to reach the same conclusions about About, it. yeah, about the things we want to talk about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank um, you. So, yeah, so it's really, really funny. And there were definitely parts where I said, literally, I had tears coming out of my eyes because oh, it was so funny. And a lot of it had to do with, with a fork. Get, get, a fork. Fork. get a get fork. a fork. Um, I didn't add the. There's a couple of jokes like that that I added just like yesterday. And I was uh-huh. just like, this isn't it quite crazy enough? And so I was sitting at my uh, at my table like at six in the morning. Um, you know, my breakfast before going to the gym. Like I'm like, you know, I don't need to brag and doing like the shoulder thing and like you know, mm-hmm. I, I can bribe people and and kind of thing. So I was like making these like, the physical gestures and that, that uh-huh. was the stuff that came out. But yeah, the the repetition of of the go so get a fork was oh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that because it I'm makes no sense. Right it makes now. no sense. Whatever. It no, not at all. <laughs> but I'm, I'm giggling internally right now because that was so funny and uh, like the the uh, interaction of little Trump with his teacher and the little parentheticals about yeah, that was great. Uh, guffawing like an idiot. Optimistically. It could show up in Mashable. Probably won't, but... Well, it could. I mean, mean, I've emailed a couple, like, news sources to be like, I'm going to flatter myself to think that this is newsworthy. Oh, I think... No, I think it is, because particularly with with sites like Mashable of that ilk, which are just just churning through content like crazy... And something ridiculous like this is going to catch their attention, I think. So I don't, I'm not saying that every one of them is going to write about it, but I think somebody will get it. All I really need is like one or yeah. two, and then I'm off to the races. Exactly. Metaphorically speaking. Yes. No, I thought you meant literally. You are uh, actually going to get you know into what? A, on a I've horse. Been, I've, been, I've been thrown by a horse. They can go fuck themselves. Have you? Yeah, I was like ten or something. I just fell off. Like you know, he just jumps a bit and he sort of fall. Like so, Ouch. from like I land on my butt. Yeah. From horse height. Did you wound your coccyx? Uh, I have like a, a sort of fractured spine, uh, the base of my spine. But there was a couple different places where I fell in my life as a child. Oh, could, could have resulted in the, in that little kind of kind of thing. So. Oh no. Yeah, it's fine. Um, that's that's harrowing. I have compensated. I have dealt with it. It's cool. This is episode 14. Is it 14? Holy shit. This is Thinkery episode 14, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Brian Hogg, and with me is Paul Fidalgo. Hi. That's good. Dance. Um, (laughs) What was his name again? Frederick DeBoer. Frederick DeBoer. I, I'm glad you asked um, how to pronounce it because I would have assumed De Beer, like the diamond. I would have assumed De Beer. Yeah, De Beer. Yeah. And I'm generally pretty good at that, at yeah. guessing the pronunciation of um, 
foreign language names. Yeah, the the OEs can be anything. Stupid thing to be uh, be like getting my chest puffed up about. But there you have it. No, you got You got. Uh, my, mine is that I can find other people's keys when they lose them, and that's it. Another one of mine is very accurately guessing the age of dogs. Um, so uh, just before we started today, I saw in my little RSS feed, which I barely use anymore, uh, a, a post by uh, writer Frederick DeBoer, which I just learned today is the way you pronounce it, um, called The Problem with Podcasts is There's No Conflict. And he goes on and talks about some reflections that other folks have had about con- about, about uh, podcasts. And uh, let's see, I think the real problem is there's just about zero conflict in the average podcast. The tendency is for people to be friendly with each other and say friendly things and arrive at friendly conclusions, which is fine in bits and pieces, but frustrating for an entire medium. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's the gist of the of the whole thing. And he talks about, uh, there's a New Yorker podcast about how podcasts are great with all the guests just sort of saying, you know what's great? Podcasts over and over again. Uh, it ironically demonstrates to me exactly why the medium is so limited. So I thought that was interesting. I'd never really thought of it that way before. And I know that I have some frustrations with some podcasts, particularly in the uh, tech sphere. And I think a lot of that has to do with... Uh, kind of the topic that we've also talked about talking about which we've talked about talking about uh which are we now whether, talking about talking about talking about it we're, let's discuss whether we're going to discuss talking about the topic that we're going to talk about um the idea of whether apple is a cult or just general uh apple worship within certain sectors of the tech press and so mm-hmm. i get frustrated by some podcasts where they're just kind of confirming to each other yes we have all made the right choice in purchasing apple products yes we have all made the correct choice in purchasing apple products um and uh, whereas I used to find that very validating, uh, <laughs> it doesn't r- ring as true for me anymore. So that might be why yeah. I'm noticing it. But uh, I don't know. I, I was. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, the the shows that you listen to, we listen to a few of the same shows, but you also listen to some other stuff. Is there something to this idea that there's not enough conflict? Well, first off, Frederick DeBoer, let's fight about it. Um, <laughs> I think he could probably kick my ass. Not yours. You're you're pretty I, big, but he could probably oh. kick my ass. I don't, I don't know anything about unless he throws diamonds at me because he obviously <laughs> owns De Beers diamonds. <laughs> um, I was and say, also, he he plays for De Beers. So um. <laughs> De Boer wears De Beers with De Beers mm-hmm, after we're mm-hmm. drinking De Beers. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I mean I, I would I feel like there's a conflict in this episode, but it's we're a conflict with our own competency. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, this is man versus himself. Technical issues. Um, it's a man versus technology. Um, that's like the eighth one, right? Like that's the the story archetype is man versus so, yeah. tech, <laughs> man versus Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> that's a whole. That is the most universal story of all. Mister London, keep writing. Um, uh, yeah, it's probably true. I mean, my initial thinking, unless it's a show that's like an investigative thing, which is pricier to do right like proper investigative stuff where you're gonna like mm-hmm. come challenge people on things um there's probably an, an element there where if you are gonna have like oh we're gonna do like if we were gonna be like let's seriously investigate things and we'll hold people to the fire it's like they'd have to be willing to come on the show yeah and the only reason they're gonna come on the show is that we have enough of a you know a reach that it's still worth it Right, mm-hmm. um, and most podcasts don't. So we're all like, "Oh, please, can we have someone on our show with right. um, our audience of two hundred and eighty people or whatever?" Um, I'm just picking that number arbitrarily. 
uh, just out of out of thin air <laughs> of to, re- to reflect a show with a laughably low, like a hypothetical show with a laughably uh, low uh, uh, subscriber count. Yeah, nothing we'd ever actually listen to. No, 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 no. We wouldn't even get out of bed or hit record or whatever until um, <laughs> we had 280. Um, but yeah, I assume there's an element of that. And if you want people, like, I mean, we're also like, as much as we're picking people who are cool that we want to have on the show... We're also, um, obviously, like, we're hoping to benefit a bit by their appearance on the show, and we're not sure. Gonna, we can't be dicks, right? Like, we, it's like, Indianaco's fans, we need you. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ob- obviously, that's a different kind of situation, but um, I, I do, you know, just thinking about it now, uh, I, there's a difference between, uh, you know, finding someone who you're going to grill because you know you adamantly disagree with them and just people with, with different perspectives or different takes on yeah. on a given topic and, and expressing it in a non-hostile way, you know? I don't mm-hmm. think you have to have a hostility in order to have disagreement or, or quote, conflict. Maybe not in your family. Yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> we can't do much damage to each other. We're pretty uh, harmless. Um Yeah. But, uh, you know, I remember sometimes when I hear it, even one of my tech podcasts where people tend to more or less agree with each other when they do start disagreeing with each other over something, it suddenly feels very uncomfortable. Oh, it like, does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Mommy and daddy are fighting. Anako does that sometimes where he'll like get a little chuffed at someone cutting him off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's just only one or two people that will do that like on Twitter or whatever. And, and yeah, there's like, oh, shit just got real. Right. Um, yeah. And, and and they go out of their way to avoid it in a lot of these things, you know, but like uh, well, I, there's yeah. a fundamental disagreement about the utility of the iPad or something and uh, things. It's it's strange because suddenly this thing that, like I said, very often can be like a, a, about validating your purchasing decisions suddenly uh, becomes stressful because you're like, wait, uh, I thought we were all agreeing on these things and now uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd also could draw the distinction between like conflict between two people. Like, we're if we're you know, I'm sure we'll disagree about something a little more um, vocally at some point. Although I think both of us are 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 being so analytical about it and being detached even about the things that we're um, kind of you know buying into. That right. we're like the the premise of this is well, let's really pull that apart. And it's like well, <laughs> and let's have no uh, sacred cows. Uh, you know, right. th- so that 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 uh, for us specifically, that makes it probably a little um, harder. But then, so there's like the two people or three, you know, like the multi-host or host and guest or whatever thing. But if it's like yeah. one person, like like I don't see any reason why someone. I'm sure there are lots of like Rush Limbaugh esque podcasts where the person is like angry. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's the kind mi- of conflict. I think he's primarily referring to like panel type, yeah, 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 of yeah, people yeah. chatting with each other, kind Probably. of thing, you know, ATP or something like that, you know. Uh, but you know, Frederick DeBoer, if you want to come on and clarify your positions, we welcome you, Dick. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, there's where we disagree, Brian, because I actually admire his writing, even though I don't always agree with what he says. I think you know, I think he's coming at it from an honest place, and if you're going to be that way about it, I've never heard of the ignorance left before, uh, so I have no preconceived notions. <laughs> I, th- I think we've achieved some kind of uh, the, the milestone there. I yeah, but the really... laughter after doesn't really. Um... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, we, baby steps. Well, the closest I think we've come is the times where you were like, when I'd sort of made um, sort of meta comments about the fact that we're being actually sincere, and you're like, "Oh, does that make you uncomfortable?" And I'm like, "Shut up, Paul. Um, <laughs> let's, let's nurture each other back to health." <laughs> but that's that, I think that would be the closest um, for us specifically. Yeah, but but yeah again, I don't true. think it has to be like. A, a, 
and I'm, now I'm just speaking like from my own taste. You know, I don't know exactly what uh, DeBoer is looking for specifically. Um, but again, I don't think in order to make it interesting, it needs to be straight up argument per yeah, yeah, se. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, because I, I feel like I do understand what he means of people just kind of verbally nodding at each other back and forth. Yeah. Um, which I could I could see would be insufferable. You know, I just listened today uh, to Sam Harris's podcast. I've just started listening to it, and I it's listened good. to the it's episode. With, it I is like very it. good. I like, oh, it. I like it. I like it a lot. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, um, he's he's talking to Jerry Coyne, and uh, the two of them are pretty much, you know, nodding in agreement at each other. So it was not as compelling as you might want, because if you're someone who generally agrees with them, and you just kind of get the idea, like they say, like, oh, this thing about liberals, and this thing about Islam, and this thing, yada, 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 and they go back and forth, and they agree with each other, and the hour's up, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and so that was an example of that, and I thought, okay, well, that, you know, that wasn't exactly an hour used brilliantly, because they, I'm sure they could have found some points of contention, uh, and again, not to fight with each other about it, just to kind of be like, um, I don't know if I'm quite on the same page as you as this, let's, let's tease it out. And that's why I think, I think what we're doing actually works, because, you know, if, let's, let's say for the sake of argument that conflict quote conflict is the goal i feel like as you were saying the conflict is not necessarily with each other it's let's wrestle through this issue we're not just spouting things we already know to be true that doesn't sound like the kind of conflict that tabor is talking about maybe not necessarily um yeah but i mean i'm sure it also has to do with like i mean how much of radio is conflict like uh, you know i mean tv if you're talking something scripted you're going to find lots of conflict because that's just a a scripted thing and tv or whatever but i mean news is the hosts are talking about something that's horrible but the hosts aren't necessarily like the anchors aren't fighting or disagreeing necessarily um and you want something pleasant to listen to on the way into work right like i mean that's uh, yeah yeah, very often a podcast is like i just need time to pass and i need something to distract me while time is yeah and i mean shy uh yeah exactly uh and shy of like a fox news scenario where you're having a guest on to kind of grill them specifically and kind of attack them and that's sort of like that's the specific reason you're listening the rest of the time the hosts all agree with each other about this horrible foreign um problem foreign to their click or their viewpoint not necessarily foreign to the country although frequently mm-hmm. but you know what i mean so so it's like I, I i don't know that that's um necessarily it's certainly not limited to podcasts as a problem as a structural no, I think problem you're right. i don't think i just actually tweeted at him because you know we, we can shelve it and like maybe come back to it if if he responds but what is the is there an example of a podcast that he feels does it right just get a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. clear yeah idea. i saw that you just tweeted that yeah so that would be interesting to find out um and uh, I don't know. I just think I think it's an interesting question that you know podcasts mm-hmm. it, as just as a medium, uh, because they're so often done in the kind of broadcasting out of a closet DIY thing. Yeah. Like you said, it's it, it's a it's a small time operation. You don't have access. You don't have a you know as they say like a rolodex of talkers all across you know various disciplines. It's it's you and some people you know, yeah, uh, putting something together. Uh, so. So I can see why they would tend toward that kind of thing. But very often, that's kind of an easier way to go about it because I know, for, like you were saying, like for me, podcasts functionally are a way for me to um, distract myself and keep my my brain and uh, and processes there occupied while I'm doing something else that's mundane. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Driving, yeah. washing dishes, mowing the lawn. And uh, that's not to say I never want anything substantive, but I do know that, for example, one of the reasons I haven't delved into the Sam Harris podcast is because a lot of times when I'm listening to podcasts, I don't I don't necessarily have the wherewithal to delve into whatever kind of big thing he's going to get into. And so I'll go with something like some Android show or something where I just, you know, I'm listening to things I already know. Yeah, there's an element of like, I don't have the energy to think right now. Yeah, and it's exactly. Like, that's, I think that's why, I mean, Metric Weekly is fun for that because it's like, uh, I do, I am interested still in the products. And mm-hmm. there's an element of even when it's like, I, I uh, off cam, off mic, I certainly will razz uh, uh, to you about uh, Rene Ritchie or whatever, razz mm-hmm. on him to you, whatever. But it's also still like an enjoyable upset. It's not really like I'm not actually really annoyed. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. that dude who still is really thoughtful or whatever. But it's like, rah, 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 you know, like the friend of ours is being a tool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're ribbing someone you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, there's still that sort of built into it. But um, I like. Um, but if we had like, um, if we were like to get like Kim Davis on, for example, like <laughs> no, 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 it's a serious thing. Like I yeah. would, I would, you know, like it, there would be conflict. Even if we were like, I've actually put thought into what I would ask someone in her position, mm-hmm. you know, because it wouldn't be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It would be like, right. you know, what is your like, you, 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 you know, what's your justification in a kind of non-threatening way or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, it would be hard for that person to not see it as threatening, just kind of, of course, inherently, but, but like, just let's talk about that kind of thing. Um, or, or like we were talking, um, about, uh. Uh, my wife's uh, boss and what we would have to talk to him about and there mm-hmm. would be an, there would there be an inherent kind of tension because we would be bringing to it our obvious lack of belief in the things that he believes in right and trying to find like a common ground and that would be the tension yeah um but i think those are those are but it wouldn't have to be done a hostile way again no it no would, no it, it wouldn't yeah. and i those are just i mean they're more difficult to do because it's harder Definitely. to the mental baggage to sort of keep yourself on that track and mm-hmm. be not shitty about yeah. it is it's tiring yeah um, so i mean so what i think what i would say now about that then is if i were to like rest on a conclusion now would be that uh, podcasts if they are conflict free it's because right now it's as with many other mediums it's uh it's it's aiming for what most people kind of need need it for you know most TV primetime TV is either going to be sitcoms or drama because that's the escapism that people need at that time. And so podcasts are suiting a need right now uh, for people to be able to mow the lawn too, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, you don't want, and, and the other thing too is if it's most podcasts, aside from the ones that are really polished, which take a lot more time. So there's a lot mm-hmm. fewer of them live really well produced and like, um, uh, you know, like your NPRs or whatever, your uh, Gimlet media stuff. Uh, with startup and whatnot, um, those take so much more time. So most of them are just unvarnished. So it's like you, you don't want to go out of your way to have like two people have an argument in your ear that sounds right. like really an argument, not like let's have a debate or something. Like it's it's uncomfortable. Like if if you're around people and they start to fight, you're like, oh fuck, I gotta get away from. These oh people. oh, and this just this reminds me like the most uncomfortable piece of audio I think I've ever listened to. I don't know if you ever heard it, but was the This American Life where Ira Glass grills Mike Daisy uh, about the whole uh, agony ecstasy of Ch- Steve Jobs thing. Have you ever heard that? Uh, no. Oh, it's painful. It's absolutely painful because uh, Mike is actually, you know, a, a, I, I'll call him a friend of mine, even though I've never met him in person that we've, you know, we've been kind of online friends for a long time. Uh, 
and you know i kind of know him secondarily through various theater friends and whatnot and so uh, coming he do the one-man play he did the one-man show about steve jobs and he you know he got caught kind of reporting his his play as though it were all journalistic fact and then it turned out that you know a lot of that was a great deal of poetic license and whatnot Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. kind of overshadowed the larger point he was trying to make we could do a whole topic on on Mike Days and how all that that thing uh, went down, but James point, Fry, yeah, the James Fryification of things, exactly, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, because I, Mike knows I have a lot of thoughts about that too, um, but uh, just listening to that was so hard, because you know that was not like I know that Amer- this American Life is um, the most popular audio program there is right now i believe uh podcast uh, serial otherwise, is, right serial had eight hundred thousand listeners i think oh serial beat it out well yeah i think serial is the kingpin right now but what still, until we came along right yeah, you know we, what I'm <laughs> and now it's still number one um we it, it was just so difficult to listen to and if it weren't that particular topic that would have been a thing where it was like you know, it was a situation where the wife and I sat down in the living room and listened to it like over a speaker instead of like it just being on the iPhone, you know, oh. on my headphones or in the car or something like that. It was, you know, we, it was like an event we were going to sit down and listen to like, oh, this is going to be hard. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a traditional podcast in the sense of people bantering about something and maybe they arrive at some, you know, something interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a weakness, but I guess it depends on what you want. Because mm-hmm. even if you listen, you can watch Bill Maher, um, and he grills people, but they still have to be willing to be grilled. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I mean, he's still like, come on, let's do the, you know, it's like, okay, but you know that he agreed to be there, and you're both benefiting each other because you're on television, and he's on your show, so you both, you know, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. everyone is everyone is benefiting from this conversation, unless he says something incredibly silly, and you're going to pull back, and you're not going to ask the questions that are going to get that level of silliness because you want him to possibly come back on the show yeah, along those lines and it makes me think of like cable news um mm-hmm. it, you know you're given msnbc or fox news show where the the general gist will be host will toss questions guest mm-hmm. will agree or disagree or say things that the host agrees with and on to the next segment or it'll be a battle in which case then it becomes news fodder for the next day like did you yep. see rachel maddow slammed person x you know and or this person totally crushed this person in this heated argument on fox and you um, won't believe how badly his spleen was bruised right but that's the exception right and yeah. that's why it's always news the next day yeah uh, or you know in quotes news everyone wants to uh play nicely enough for the system to keep chugging along that's a good way to put it i think yeah. that's i that's mean true you know so DeBoer's larger point is really about this massive systemic problem where we all kind of need to get along. That's I see look what happened. You I think you arrived at the answer. And if only we <laughs> if only we were okay with hating everyone all the time. We yeah. have more conflict. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we do that. <sighs> but, but you know, that does make it this discussion does make the idea of having someone on who we you know, disagree with on some fundamental level, uh, all the more interesting, you know, just as if for no other reason as a process experiment, like how can we conduct this? Uh, so in a that, productive way. Yeah. yeah. In a productive way. Yeah. 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 And, and also, but also not going out, of, not going out of our way, which would be my instinct, not mm-hmm. going out of our way to 
find all the agreement possible and 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 diminish conflict at all costs because that's my instinct to do that we we um, both you i mean you're a horrible person but we we yes. both agree that crushing the skulls of two-week-old kittens is bad right i mean we can both agree that killing <laughs> murdering poor defenseless two-week-old kittens is bad right there you go we're the Pretty same much. Pretty much, oh, but you know, or I'll or I'll try to like, oh, I totally see where you're coming from on your completely ridiculous belief, and oh, uh, and here's the five percent where I can kind of overlap with you, or whatever it happens to be, and I I try too hard to do that. So that would be another thing that I have to try not to do. Like, there's one there's one thing of finding common ground so that you can actually yeah. talk to each other, and another thing where it's just like I'm just going to agree with you so you don't hate me. Yeah, and then you have to find someone. Like for our example with Maddie's boss, if we were to approach him to come to the show, he would have to be willing to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I mean, he's a very sweet guy, so he, I'm sure he would actually be willing to come on because he's a very nice guy. Um, but yeah, so many people like the Kim Davis example is like, okay, but she would probably be assuming that, oh, you're a horrible atheist. So, um, or but I mean, she may not be, but I'm mm-hmm. a, it seems like that's more likely. People are, people are like that, not just her. That is like, well, the person on the other side, you know, you're expecting the attack. Mm-hmm. Um often rightly expecting the attack but you know so it's it's difficult for both sides to be putting that putting their shields down yeah to actually be yeah. like how do we actually um you know talk about this thing in a non-hyperbolic way yeah and it makes me think of like when huckabee would go on john stewart's show and mm-hmm. they would they both completely disagree with each other but and even and even though that was obvious, uh, it was so important, as you said, to keep the system chugging along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you never really got them bashing heads. They yeah, just kind of there's... disagreed at each other, and that was or disagreed for the audience, but not really going at each other. Yeah, it's like that level of disagreement doesn't really matter. Like with your family interactions, you go have like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, um, and then you have a fight. But it's okay. It's your family. You expect mm-hmm. to have fights with them, and it's a, a fight doesn't mean the end of the world. We can still, like, you know, like John Stewart is friends with Bill O'Reilly, which is absurd. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, so that kind of thing was like, yeah, you're going to say something, but that's just you. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how it is with, with, with John Stewart and, and Huckabee. And, yeah. the, the, and with people and with people. You know who who never gets that treatment, though, which is interesting to me? Um, it occurs because I, I this this example occurs to me for two different time she's been on a show which is judith miller uh, the former new york times reporter who uh was uh you know long story short is 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 blamed for having fed a lot of the iraq war propaganda through the new york times so kind of being the mouthpiece oh, okay. for the bush administration on all the bad intelligence and 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 leading and helping to lead us to war and both the times that i've heard her as a interview subject on a show where she wouldn't be coddled you know like she's also a fox news contributor now but so uh on the media which is my favorite npr slash podcast i haven't listened to that in a long time but i i I have enjoyed it it. i have enjoyed it certainly so good and uh and on john stewart's show when her book came out like last year or something and in both cases uh bob garfield and john stewart were merciless with her where Mm -hmm. they would i just it's hard for me to think that at least john stewart would not have been that way now i've heard bob garfield grill other people before too he doesn't really suffer fools that well um but it was just an, it's an interesting contrast and i don't know if there's like a gender thing going on there or or what it is but in both cases they just would not let up on her so john stewart lets mike huckabee more or less off the hook but you know he gives no quarter to judith miller and what did uh what did Bob Garfield say to her? Like he opens the interview with something along the lines of like, uh, oh God, do they play for a chump or some something really 
demeaning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> going for the jugular. Oh, I guess right it depends the on what the, the pre-existing narrative is, right? Like, I mean, if yeah. she's like the sucker, then it's safe to attack the sucker. But like Huckabee, pardon me, Huckleby is, Huckle- yeah, yeah. is, you know, he has a certain importance, whether you like that or not, right? Like, I mean, he's big enough that you, you can't just, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, he can continue to do damage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, to you or, or to like um, enough people around you or your advertisers or any number of other things like that. So, yeah, he could make things conceivably uncomfortable or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yes, small there's nothing to lose by, by going yeah. after Judith Miller. Oh, that's a Probably. Good point. Probably. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not super familiar with the specifics of Judith Miller. I mean, the name is familiar and the intelligence failures and everything are in. uh, Sure. Sure. I mean, she's uh, not exactly a likable character. I mean, she, she sort of fits a stereotype of a elitist, you know, um, yeah. Super connected reporter, you know, who's, who's doing it for, to, to stay connected to power or something like that. But all the same, it, both of those situations, like th- this is a person who I should loathe, but now I feel sympathy for her because I feel like, God, they were so mean yeah. to you. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, maybe that, that, I mean, you never know, that could also factor, right? Yeah. Uh, like, did they yeah, like, well, I, we I do just, this? Then... I hope it wasn't a gender thing. That, that would upset me. But, you know, we can't be enlightened all the time, I guess. So there were the, 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 all of the mass, the thing that I wrote to you on Sunday, it was on Sunday at 5.37 p.m., was in relation to the sort of, uh, let's call it an epidemic of um, mass shootings that exists fairly localized to your fine country. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question I have is, because it seems to me like, you know, people will, in the wake, there's one in Oregon most recently to our recording this, but could be that by the time this airs, that might, you know, a little longer be the case. Yeah, um, yeah, sadly, yes. <laughs> But again, laughing because what else are you gonna do? What else? Can um, you do? Yeah. So, uh, so was, you know, some people are saying like it's mental illness, even though statistically you're more likely to be the victim of violence if you're uh, mentally ill. Um, and people are like, oh, you know, whatever. And it, it, it certainly is something that doesn't escape or shouldn't escape your notice that most of the people who are committing this specific kind of I'm gonna go shoot up a bunch of people, not like I'm really upset at my friends or family or whatever and shooting them, but the I'm gonna go kill a bunch of people mm-hmm. um, are white guys. Are yes. are youngish white guys who feel kind of marginalized, um, and that doesn't get that much play, um, because you know if it's a Muslim, then of course it's Islamic motivated. Right. But if if it's if it's not one of the sort of easy uh, boxes to tick, well, hold on now, let's just let's just not rush to conclusions. Yeah. Um, and and I just wonder because like when I read of some of those people, they seem to be like, they've got, they've got like manifestos and they've got all these things. Like they're not just trying to get even with people. They're trying to get importance. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if something about the culture, there's a, an element of fear in your culture that I think drives a lot of the gun violence. Uh, Cause you guys seem to really, really be afraid sort of systemically of your neighbors. Yeah. Really deeply. Uh, in a way yep. I don't really, I don't really uh, understand. Not everyone, but some people. Um, but, uh, so that may be part of it for these people, but then part of it is like there's this kind of like everyone come here and do really good in the country. Um, and we talked about Schwarzenegger the last mm-hmm. episode about the audio. And the one thing I was talking to Maddie about after, there's one thing is that with his accent, he's the American dream, right? Mm. He's he's a foreigner who came and achieved yep. all these things. Without that, he's just some he's just a dude uh, who lives here and did fairly well. But of course, he's an American. Um, and so there's this like, you've seen Fight Club, I presume. Mm-hmm. There's the line, uh, the, 
it's actually slightly better than the book. Um, the there's a line uh, Brad Pitt uh, says something like we've been told we're going to be superheroes and supermen or whatever, and we we're, just, we're figuring I'm paraphrasing heavily that we're you know we're just figuring out that that's not true and we're pissed off. And mm-hmm. and I think there's an element of that. Like there's something about like everyone come here and you can achieve all of these things, and then and then if you don't, plus you're being told this sort of maybe fed the xenophobia kind of fear your neighbors thing. And so then there's this confluence of things um, as you're losing some of the cultural stuff, right? Like if if you're being maybe also fed the the sort of notion that, um, you know, we're losing all these things of foreigners and that back in the day, you know, when the white people, because it shouldn't escape notice that the white people are the dominant group still. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they're, so so my question is, I'm just wondering, my thought is that if the mass shootings are sort of, um, something we should be expecting as as the culture of the U.S. becomes more egalitarian is actually potentially a sign of progress. Oh, oh that's that's an interesting question. Like, so these are kind of the death throes of of an old order being turned over. And, Perhaps and these are kind of the the holdouts that can't stand the turnover. So in 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 you know. In this line of thinking, it's the very extreme end of what has birthed things like the Tea Party movement here. Yeah. Um, for folks are so freaked about brown people existing and gay people existing, and uh, while at the same time they're all being screwed by economic policies that are you know turning everything upside down, uh, that in one way they lash out as politically— and then another way that some of the tiny, tiny, most extreme fringe does is in these uh, violent outbursts. Uh, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. So, like, I mean, not that that's like, yay, another shooting um, by any stretch. But, but similar <laughs> I thought like... you were endorsing mass shootings. That's what I was going for. <laughs> but, no, you know, like the religious people they, who are, like, uh, the loudest – it's like they didn't need to be loud before because they had a firm grip on the culture. Yes. Um, and then Maddie had a, a, an interpretation of why um, women weren't doing the, the shooting. Um, and uh, it had to do with um, basically like, well, we would just poison people. You know, we wouldn't hmm. shoot people. We, we would poison people. And I was like, well, no, but you you weren't in the power. Women aren't in the power position either. So it's yeah. like... You know, it's not that that doesn't account for all shootings. I don't know if it accounts for any, really. It's just, you know, obviously us is talking shit. But, um, but yeah, I just wonder, like, if some of those kids might have been, you know, you hear that, like, the kids should become racist who the grandfather comes home and says, oh, fucking, you know, mm-hmm. um, and tells them all the stories. And it was similar, like, things used to be great. And then these kids all, a lot of the ones now, anyway, they have manifest, like, they literally have manifestos and they literally yeah. have all of these things. And, and part of it is, I'm not going to get, I'm not just going to get famous, but I'm going to have, I'm going to matter in my death. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to achieve fame Um, and, and, and like some equilibrium or something perhaps. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there because that, the idea of trying to achieve fame, uh, at least, you know, to my untrained ear rings true because Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the world we live in now where it's a cliche at this point to say that everybody gets their 15 minutes at this point, but there are so many opportunities where people have a chance to kind of stand out even for a brief time and get some kind of national notoriety for something, even if very briefly, even if it comes in the form of, you know, social media 
clicks or likes or something like that. There's so many opportunities for people to be validated and to feel like they've mattered for at least a moment. It's true, but then you're still not rising above, right? Like, I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about that with Swoopy. It's like initially with the podcasting, it was like mm-hmm. you could just have a podcast and then like, cool, I'm one of the pioneers. And if you just keep doing the show, you would be regarded as a pioneer just because you happen to have started doing it sooner. Um, but now it's like, no, oh, what's the point? Like, yeah. you Gosh. know. I, it feel, you know, it always feels to me that there there's something about there was a promise made in their own minds yeah. that isn't being fulfilled. And it's yeah. not just about, I mean, they might express it as though it's political and so it's like, it's, you know, uh, it's black people, it's gay people, it's religion or whatever it is. But I, I can't help but feel like it's just that there is a promise about a particular, like you were saying, like they, these, these legend of an America that is supposed to be right. Mm-hmm. And then they see that's not happening, but at the same time, there's obviously something going on at the individual level where th- where this where, where the the shooter in each case, or in many cases, is marginalized even within their subculture. So you yeah. have the culture where no, believes that oh, where our our the America we used to love is going away, and within that group these guys are also marginalized for whatever reason, because they're strange, because they're not able to adapt because they got something wrong in their head or whatever. Uh, But so it's like a double dose of marginalization and resentment. They believe they're being marginalized by uh, uh, politically by a larger world and marginalized within their own world. And, and it's, and it happens to also be a culture uh, that they're living in that glorifies violence and uh, militarization and uh, and uh, and weapons, mm-hmm. um, and I, that's that's like a that's a dangerous cocktail. Uh, yeah, because it doesn't seem like it's ri- well. No, there was actually the one kid who did it recently who was actually fairly well off. Uh, I was gonna say it doesn't seem like it's rich kids. They're certainly not people actually in a position of power. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, kid I mean, was, I don't I think, think the Columbine s- kids were. You know, no, uh, but there they was some um, kids or anything. Where, I mean, as far as I know, just earlier in the year, maybe last year, the I don't remember his name, but I think his parents were like movie executives. Oh, yeah, and he it was the one he was upset because no girls would have sex with him. Oh, yeah, 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 that yeah. guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so, but that actually kind of uh, that might undercut my point. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, you can't see, here's the one reason, obviously, um, sure, <laughs> why all of these solve things it, happen. Brian. Yeah, I, I well, I did, um. <laughs> Fucking dead. Put that in your book. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I can't because Trump would have a way different solution. <laughs> yes, he would. He would just buy all the guys hookers or something. But, oh. um, but yeah, I mean, but they're presumably, yeah, the, the the expectation it is not meeting reality. The expectation is they should get a certain range of things, mm-hmm. um, and they have to be a certain kind of personality to respond a certain way. And there's obviously a lot of a lot of, um, unlike. Uh, I believe Jindal, I think it was Bobby Jindal who just said uh, it's just the father's fault or the parents' mm-hmm. fault for not paying enough attention. Case closed. The yeah. father didn't know how his son got the gun. So Ooh, luckily we don't need to could, do anything else. You could just hear him like smacking his hands together like, that is that. Um, <laughs> God, he's such an asshole. He really is. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, Bobby Jindal, and I know I know that you are. Come um, on the show after you drop it. You'll out. knock it down from 280 to 279, but you are a horrible, reprehensible, callous human being. <laughs> and we both hate you. Yeah, um, we, yeah, I'd like to second that, yes. Uh, there's no conflict in this podcast on that issue. <laughs> on that issue. We hate your fucking guts. Uh, you're a goddamn dick smack. Um, Going rot. But, uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, uh, but yeah, there's a, whereas I presume it's like it's going to be a different problem if you're like in a group that isn't in the privileged position, if you're black or if you're a woman, it's like you don't have the expectation of power in that same way. Right. Of coming right. out on top. Like it's still all aspirational or something. So Yeah. So you don't even have to be, you know, uh, badly off in the grander sense of things. It's I guess It's got to be that perception, that relative perception of like in that particular douchebag case where like I am supposed to be having this kind of interaction with women who are supposed to subjugate themselves yeah. to me because I am, you know, rich and handsome or whatever it is he thinks he is. Uh, and so that makes him lash out. And he thinks he has the license. That's that's the the, yeah. the, the leap there, right? He's it's owed the leap that, from, yeah. Yeah, the leap from I'm owed this to and therefore I must murder people over it. Uh that, and that's that's a leap I'm not prepared to um, or qualified to try to figure out why that that is there. Other than to say... Uh, the ob- I mean, I'm going to say the obvious, that the ease of access to weapons makes it easier for someone who is going to make that leap to act on that leap. Yeah. Um, and, and the unpopular thing I would say is that because we have a lot of things in our popular culture that uh, glorify violence and vigilantism mm-hmm. and weaponry and things like that, that, that only greases the wheels further. Again, yeah. not an expert, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say to that. To add to that as another possible reason, I'm going to probably lose... There's probably... Whoever's listening right now, thank you. But some of you are going to be like, okay, because you know you have a conversation with someone, and I think I said this before, where you start off the person, the mental model of a person is the same as you, and, mm. and you're just difference. You're making differences over time. Yes. So people are like, yeah, that's that's true. I'm going to lose half of you at least. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> just a second. I actually wonder how much the specific religious culture in America actually has to do with it, um, because obviously there are lots of countries that are very religious, but there's a mm-hmm. feels like this specific kind of I was going to say strain of Christianity, but the strains of Christianity that are in and, – and, and you are in one of the most dense Christian nations on the planet. I think you actually yeah. are the most uh, in terms of population number. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be totally wrong. I'm not – but you're up there, I think. Certainly. Um, but there's this – I've been wondering for a long time why you guys are so goddamn litigious also. Mm. Um, and I kind of think those things are related. And I think there's this – I wonder if, but my speculation is that it is, um, and this is completely opposite or ir- unrelated to the accuracy of the religious beliefs. I think they're wrong, but that's not the point I'm making isn't related to the accuracy, just the mindset yes. is if you're imagining there's someone who is sitting there literally just granting your wishes all the time mm-hmm. and, and your mindset is to pray for a parking spot, then you're certain certain number of people presumably are going to be used to just like well something's wrong i'm going to call a higher power to fix it in this case i'm just going to sue someone because that's a higher power it's government um Mm. and i i I wonder um if that relates to the kind of extra shootings or that kind of the expectation of this fame where it's like well i want this and this is this kind of that sort of like give me the parking space uh belief is a very immature one you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah, yeah. And and so it's just kind of like, well, that's not fair. So therefore, it's not what is existing. Yeah, one you know, way or the <laughs> other, something larger than myself is supposed to bestow yeah, a certain thing upon me. Yeah, and fix that. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it didn't happen maybe, so now I've got to take it myself and it's going to be fine or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I wonder how much, if at all, um, that specific, uh, that kind of like an, uh, like a fearful kind of greedy uh, sort of Christianity, not for all people, obviously. That's um, hard to say because, uh, as you know, in our political culture right now on the right, uh, mm-hmm. 
Christianism and gun owning and uh, fear of people who look different. It's this than you. fearful persecution complex. Yeah, but they're all they all kind of uh, augment each other. So yeah, each one like buffers it. the other, and it's in, and, and in many ways it's cynical and intentional. You know, um, mm-hmm. the NRA very cynically and intentionally, you know, uses the uh, imagery of patriotism and and Christianity and fear to. Uh, buff it up sales of of firearms because that's yeah. what its job is right is to get people to want to buy more yeah guns. and i think that's yeah I, I assume it's a persecution angle also as part of that because well, yeah yeah everyone's and, and against you so is that that means that the that the christian that you know the those who want to you know bring more to the flock and get them more virulently christian they use the same stuff so they'll they'll take like your fear and your love of guns and if you're afraid the government's going to take your guns your real higher power is god and you're persecuted yeah. just, so come you know so i think you so like i don't me, know it's or, chicken yeah. and egg but i don't so i don't know really which way like i think if we wanted to get our numbers up we could just imagine some sort of conspiracy against us and then sort of position ourselves opposite someone mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then whether if they agree with us well then that's one thing but they probably wouldn't so no matter what no matter what is said would be proof of that sort of um, thing if they're if they're aggressive toward us then they're being persecuting and if they're being yeah. nice then they're just really actually being doubly dickish very, and they're just pretending I feel very condescending when I think of it this way you know like no, but I As mean, though this entire well, portion of the population is just kind of caught up in this uh, cycle. But it's of probably not their manipulation, fault, right? Like it's, not, and, and I mean, it's. It, I don't know what number of people, and it's not all people, and just, you know, all of those caveats uh, regarding the, all this stuff. But Christians be crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, for for a, a group of people, obviously of some indeterminate size, that's going to be that's going to be a thing. And I feel like even even if you're not really that religious, that's cultural and it permeates and that's going to affect your thinking mm-hmm. right i mean there's that like the government's going to come and take your guns it's like the government has not tried since 1776 sir <laughs> that has not happened yet but now <laughs> devil's advocate here you know uh, it could be allegedly tomorrow. the latest shooter the oregon shooter uh was non-religious though he, he considered himself spiritual uh, conser- not religious. conservative republican um, mm. he wasn't like, you know, he, he didn't, doesn't seem to be, I, I mean, I haven't read up on this in a while, but he doesn't seem to have been a, 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 a Christian in any right. traditional sense we would recognize. Um, no, the no, guy in Chapel Hill who killed the Muslims was apparently himself an atheist. Uh, that doesn't mean that the culture of Christianity isn't affecting them, but. Was that the one he killed over the parking space? Over the parking space. Yeah. Yeah. Does that really count as a mass? I don't know if that counts as a mass shooting as far as we're talking about, just cause then that's like. Yeah, like I, but it's a guy who know. snapped and it's, killed more than one yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, way. Well, yeah. But I mean, that's what I mean. It's 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 also like what we're talking about is probably a very you know it's a specific subset of sure, sure the things. But um, well, in both of those cases, what well, is the thing? Like, I also wonder if, and I'm just throwing out stuff from the list that we haven't talked about yet, um, is like sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of it is the history of of Abrahamic faiths fault? even in atheistic cultures for atheistic people, because it's the thing that we're raised in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and at that could sound, I'm sure to someone who's listening, if anyone listening to this is very deeply religious, um, I'm not apologizing. Um, it probably sounds <laughs> you like should have caught on by now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, what is your problem? Um, I had the volume down for 12 episodes and I just took back up. Oh yeah. It, well, the, so it's going to sound like I'm saying like, you know, blaming the, the, criticizing Christianity for every single problem, even when it's not a Christian going through the thing. But there's an undeniable, um, like we deal with the structure of society that we have. um, And we owe a lot of it to religious stuff. 
um, just because it was there for so long and it is still right. there. So even if you're not religious, you're still going to have that, like you still have the same television and you still have the same media and you still have the same, all of these things that still have that kind of, you know, all, all of the sort of messages. So everyone has access to that same thing, whether they yeah. pray to a specific God or not. Yeah. Now, when you said you're about to lose, you know, a chunk of our audience, I I didn't know you were going to go in this direction because I thought, oh, our audience is not going to be worried about you dissing Christianity. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, I'm going to say something that I think will lose us audience. Okay, Uh, and it's something I alluded to earlier is that I really do feel like there is uh, not nearly enough attention being paid to uh, violence in video games and in entertainment. Um, I know people like to like it's almost like heresy to to uh, suggest that those things might have some kind of effect, but it's just impossible for me to believe that being saturated in that kind of media, particularly now with the kind of video games the way they are now, being so hyper realistic and hyper violent and immersive, that they don't have some sort of effect of desensitization and uh, uh, just kind of rewiring of the brain. If you really are, you know, deeply involved in that in that kind of thing. So uh, goodbye, listeners who are leaving now. Um, it was nice having you. Uh, thank you. Um, and like I said, I think a lot of people think of that as heresy, and people absolutely freak out if you uh, uh, suggest that those things might uh, be uh, contribute well, they, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, they and it may. Just seems to be the, seems to be to be bonkers to think that they didn't contribute to some degree. I mean, they may or they may not, but I mean, talking about it shouldn't be a big deal. Right, like I mean, that's, right. yeah. that's, it's like I, I don't know. Um, like people are afraid that someone's going to walk in and take it's like the guns. Like someone's going to come yeah. and take them away. You know, like no, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah, it's like yeah. So far, it hasn't happened. There's no indication that it has happened. And as far as people being concerned that Obama has done it, he actually has slightly expanded gun owners' rights that were restricted by the sainted uh, President Reagan. So it's actually not even a reasonable concern. But Correct. it's an easy thing to do for people to stir you up to watch the show, to be on mm-hmm. your side, to vote your way, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if my point about or the potential point about like the people doing this is sort of a sign of the changeover and not like positive, ah, obviously, because yes. people are dying. It may not be that accurate, but I feel like there may, there might be something to that as far as um, like these people are sort of bursting or, or pushing up against the seams of all of this sort of cultural No, I do think you're right. I think that it's got to be a factor I, because there's a there there is no doubt of volatility uh, that exists uh, right now that probably hasn't existed for a good generation or so uh, mm-hmm. of just demographic shifts that are just unprecedented uh and the uh, you know i mean when the economy tanked in 2007 2008 i I think it's hard to overstate the lasting impact of that uh it reshuffled a lot of things and a lot of people wound up underwater in a way that uh that the that you know, millions of people were, found themselves in just in situations they never expected to be, and the kind of erosion of the middle class. These things are huge. These are these things are, are uh, you know they're happening slowly, but they're but the overall impact of them is I think we're we're going to see is going to be enormous on on how our culture just kind of responds to this sort of uh, resifting of everything, and the idea that there that there might not be. Uh, some uh, outcroppings of, of violence as a result, particularly in a culture that already has such mind-bogglingly easy access to uh, vast stores of military power. Well, but, yeah, but the thing is, uh, yeah, but 
Canada has a pretty high per capita gun ownership. We don't have a thing. Like, I mean, the gun ownership isn't in and of itself the thing. It's the reason why you get the gun, I mm-hmm. think, is probably as much of the, the concern. Because, like, yeah. we get we get them for hunting, generally speaking. I mean, we shoot people, but no, you know, uh, aside from, like, war-torn regions. Well, I think that's also comes out. And, again, I think that reason. Well, you know, I was about to try to make my point before, but you guys get the same TV we do. You guys have the same yeah. video games we do, and you're not doing the same shit we and are. we are actually largely as really like per capita actually we're very similar like we're like 64 percent uh christians yeah. or something like that yeah um so it's kind of uh th- there's an extra little bit uh that this sort of culture of like we're always under attack that you guys have but we don't um yeah. no and, we really and, do i feel it right now i i am literally afraid of my neighbor <laughs> uh is he flying a drone over your head I, I wish it were as simple as that. Then, you know, maybe we could talk tech or something like that. But no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get into it. <laughs> but I'm afraid of my neighbor. If anything happens to me, look to my neighbor. Um, I liked when I when I <laughs> when I um when I made the point that like maybe that's like a positive sign and you just pause and you're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but but I mean, no, I mean maybe maybe we didn't actually address that particular point thoroughly enough, the idea that it might be a positive sign. And I guess the only reason I'm not totally embracing that idea is because of what I said about just the the economic upheaval mm-hmm. uh, of of the past decade or so has has been really very destructive. Um, oh sure, but I mean in the sense that like it's the the volume that like say uh, certain religious groups have to achieve, like they they feel they need to achieve. Yeah. Um, in order to be heard now that is it itself a positive sign probably because they're you know there, there's a, a bit of equilibrium establishing and they feel like they're having these things taken away because it's like well okay you're you know things are changing and those changes are positive well from our I perspective think, no i think you're actually, <laughs> actually right about that i mean i don't know for sure but i think i think you're definitely onto something there do you think that that carries over uh more uh geopolitically in terms of uh, the rise in Islamic extremism is that are we seeing more violence on that end because globally there's more progress away from that kind of thing and therefore there's a violent pushback um maybe I don't know I don't know enough about the specific regions and I I feel like each region is going to have a fairly different kind of oh um, i don't i don't want nuance here i'm looking for you to paint with a broad brush here and 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 um, please paint the entire islamic (laughs) world for me right now brian if you would i'm not we don't need conflict um (laughs) we don't need literal uh, military conflict on the show i mean i'm speaking specifically of of america from my perspective as someone who is not in america but who has fairly constant access to your media um and know a lot of people in america other kinds of you know violent backlashes to whatever it happens to be you know yeah. and and that very often i think you're right particularly when those backlashes come from people who might be uh rom- romanticizing a a past that may or may not have existed uh the violent backlash comes because they feel encroached upon by what we would consider to be positive progress. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that doesn't just apply to us. I think that is a factor here, but it probably uh, applies uh, in a lot of different places across the board. Probably. Sorry, I moved too far away from the mic. Probably. Ah, very, thank you. That was much more impactful. Um, So this was, this was episode 14. um, And I'm Brian and Paul, where can people find you? Oh, if they're looking, they can find me at imortal.co, and they can find me on Twitter at at Paul Fidalgo. What about you? Where are they going to find you? 
Um, well, uh, a few places, I guess, Twitter, .boom, um, occasionally tweeting at Moss Puppet. Um, and then I just, on trumpedupbook.com, just today, actually, I put up the first chapter of the book Trumped Up, uh, my autobiography of Donald Super Trump. Super funny. Which is, thank you. Um, so the way that's going to work is every so often I'm going to put up the new chapter, and then they, you'll only be able to download the one chapter at, like, so, like, when I put up chapter two, chapter one will come down. So, um, and then by the end of it, I will compile it and sell it for a couple bucks or whatever. Seriously, folks, check it out. If you like this show, you're going to find it hilarious. There's no <laughs> two ways around it. If you like what we are doing here, you will laugh your ass off off chapter one. I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs>